This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. An event often described as interstate rivalry. Tucker was it simply one where brothers become enemies three times each. Lead Blue, the New South Wales State of Origin podcast. G'day everyone, welcome to the final Bleed Blue podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Tucker. Over the past nine weeks, we've discussed everything State of Origin related with Blues legend and a man who represented New South Wales on 17 occasions between 1984 and 1991, Steve Blocker-Roach. G'day, Blocker. Hello, champion. I can't believe that the State of Origin series is already over. I know, I'm a little bit sad. It's our final episode. Well, why don't we just why don't we get someone to sponsor us for the uh, the semi-finals or something? I don't know. Yes, the run into the finals. I like it a lot. Any sponsors like out it. there? Hello, <laughs> we need some Arthur Ashe to sponsor our little podcast. That's it. Wonderful. <laughs> now, what did you make of Origin Three? The Blues they finally got the chocolates. How good was it? Uh, yeah, it was good, mate. Uh, look, I, look, I've got to say and be truthfully honest, you know, like nine ones of penalties in the first half. They gave us a fair little leg up in that first half, but uh, you know, we still had to win on the final on the, the final bell. Uh, obviously, Darius Boyd scored that try with about well, what was it three or four minutes to go, and I thought, oh, hello, here we go again. You have all the faith. I stuck solid and. Uh, we saw the break made by Ferguson, and then um, Teddy Tedesco, who was sensational in that game of footy, run for 250-odd metres or whatever. That's a sort of spark that we needed. A quick play the ball, and Jennings scores. But the funny thing, there was a couple of funny things that come out of the uh, the, the try. The one was the Superman launch by Aaron Woods. Yes, how good was it? They're still talking about. And the other one was uh, Jennings, who scored the try. It was left as a lone ranger. He was standing on the side. He was there on his pad. Someone to come over and cuddle him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you would have thought they would have coordinated their celebration a little bit better. Well, I thought he would have got at least a pat on the, a pat on the back. I mean, you know, you know, he's a he's a wonderful ball runner and broken field, and you know, I, I, I suffice to say that you know, probably him and Tedesco would be the only ones in the New South Wales side that could come away with something like that. We did a Queensland on Queensland. What impressed you most about that performance there? Like you said, we we did get a bit of a, a leg up with hmm. the officials and the and the penalties and so forth, and nearly blew it, mind you, but you've got to take the wins when you get them. 100%, mate. An origin game's an origin game, and that one will go down. You know, hopefully uh, you know, hopefully that one uh, gives them the impetus to, to go on and play next year, and, you know, with all these new young players, you know, everyone was, you know, talking about Laurie had to change the side and do this and do that. And I think from the year before, from the flogging in game three, I think there's about 11 changes. So you can't make that many more changes than that. Uh, we've got an abundance of, of back row now. I'm, I am, uh, I am a, a little bit worried about, you know, some of our outside backs, but I've seen, you know, I've seen enough to know that, you know, we're going to be really competitive next year. As we predicted, and as you mentioned there before, James Tedesco, he really stood up there. He looks really comfortable in that arena, doesn't he? Unbelievable, and he got bashed too. He got bashed early. They let him know that he was a, that they were around. Uh, I saw him after the game. He looked like Pinocchio. His nose was that big. <laughs> um, bit of blood, you know, trickling down into his moustache. And uh, you know, I think he found out <laughs> pretty quickly what Origin was all about. You know, they. But you know, to his credit, you know, he bobbed up everywhere, all over the park. And you know, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was in sensational form. And you know, they're the type of players that you can build a. You know, you can build a team around. 
You touched on it a little bit earlier. There's some real positive signs there for the Blues looking ahead to next year's series. Um, Tedesco, if we talked about. Moylan, he held his own there in an unfamiliar position. Uh, you've got Tyson Frizzell and Wade Graham, Jack Bird, David Clemmer. It really yeah, does have the making... Yeah, those sort of blokes. Yeah, it's got the makings of a, a really good side in years to come, doesn't it? Can I can I just give everyone a rundown on the, uh, the enormity of the job that Matt Moylan did now? Mate, you've got to think about moving into 5-8. You know, you're going to have to make 30 tackles in, the, in a game of football, which you're not used to doing. You're playing a fullback. You, you, know, you might make three or four at a pinch. I thought, I thought it, was a, it was a superhuman effort from Moreland. Mate, he had to go out there and, you know, nothing really phases this young bloke. I, I love his attitude. I thought he was great in attack. Uh, he defended like he had to. Uh, and you would think about, you know, what that would take out of you in a game, knowing that, you know, you're going to have to go out there and make that sort of uh, that sort of defensive effort, mate. I, I, I just thought it was sensational. It just showed, you know, great maturity for a young bloke. You know, you're right. Not many players, having played less than a half of football in a totally new position, would have mm. gone out there and done what he's done. So he's a pretty special and rare talent, isn't he? No, he's he's a wonderful player. No, no doubt about no doubt about that. When when they played fast and flat at the line, geez, they look good. And you know, you, you're thinking about you're playing against Cooper Cronk and, and also Thurston. You know, Laurie, to his credit, tried to play ducks and drakes before that game about where they were going to play. And if they ran onto the field and saw a young fellow lined up like that, they would have went, "Oh hello, hello! This is where we're going to. This is where we'll be heading, boys. Two back rowers." Hey, boys, come here. Have a look at this. Look at who's defending four in. So they hit him pretty well a couple of times when uh, when Queensland had the football. and You know, he had to change position a fair few times. I don't know how closely he watched it, Ralphie, but, you know, he uh, he did an enormous job. As I said before, the other guys that were blooded in the in the series, Tyson Frizzell, Wade Graham, Jack Bird, they look like tough origin players as well, don't they? No, 100%, mate. You know, they're not phased. These guys are used to playing in big games. And, uh, you know, those, those sort of guys you just mentioned, you know, just the just the um, the willingness to get a, a crack at playing State of Origin was, was good enough for them. Like Tyson Frizzell played game two. It didn't even look like he was going to play in game two until Wade Graham got suspended and then plays in game three. But he's nearly our best player in the whole series. I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know, you dips your lid to, uh, you know, the young blokes who come in and, and have that sort of impact on Oregon. We should also acknowledge the outgoing captain, Paul Gallen. He put in his usual performance, didn't he? Mate, unbelievable, mate. You know, no, I, I can't believe anyone, uh, you know, whether you're New South Wales or Queensland or a rugby league supporter could ever doubt that bloke's toughness. Uh, mate, he's a, mate, he, he played, you know, played exactly the same in his first origin he did in his last. And uh, made a captain for a long, long time. Just a little bit unfortunate. He played against a, a Queensland side that were, you know, running hot over the last decade. And, but mate, every time that bloke took the field, and I, you know, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if there wasn't, uh, you know, everyone in rugby league and even the Queenslanders thinking, you know, this guy, uh, this guy's a tough warrior. Now, who do you think will take over as skipper? There's been a, a few names bandied about. Aaron Woods and, and Boyd Cordner look to be the front runners. Mate, you've got to be certain to be on the side. You've got to be, uh, be one of those sort of guys that they're going, they're going to have to pick. I'll tell you who I was most impressed with talking about football for the last nine weeks in camp uh, is James Maloney. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really happy with his maturity now. He's always a little bit of a prankster and trying to fit in. But <laughs> mate, when they talk footy and he started to talk about you know, what we were trying to achieve and what we were trying to do on the field. He's our on-field on captain. 
mate, I was highly impressed of what, what he came along with. Um, I think they're going to pick someone, and it probably won't be Maloney because, you know, he, he mightn't be on the side for the next four or five years. Uh, if I was doing it, it would be a toss-up between Aaron Woods, who I think is a certainty in the side who played great in game two, game two and three especially, or Boyd Cordner. I think Boyd Cordner is a great captain in the making too. Probably on the lookout for a new hooker as well. Robbie Farrow, he's been mm. a terrific servant, but uh, looks like he's on the outs of the Tigers and might not even uh, be around next year. So is the time right now for a, a Mitch Rain or a Nathan Peets? Uh, you know, yeah, we'll have to change our style, the way we play. You know, Robbie's been a great player too. And, you know, just on that, we heard today that, you know, he's been dropped at reserve grade. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I just I, I just plead with the Tigers. And as you know, mate, I'm a Tiger man. Please, I'm a fan. Come out and tell us why you're not picking Robbie. Don't yep. just drop him. I mean, I think he deserves a little bit more of that. Now, if Jason Taylor comes out and goes, look, uh, he's not fitting in with the plan. He doesn't want to play the way that I want him to play. And me as a Tigers fan, I'd be going, oh, okay, I understand. But if you drop him without any sort of reasoning, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, well, mate, the, the, the kid deserves a little bit more than, you know, a little bit more with his, uh, with his longevity with the Tigers for a long, long time. An ex-captain, he's won a premiership. Uh, I, I want to know the reason why he's not been put in the team. There's got to be a bit more transparency there from uh, Jason Taylor. Yeah, I think, I think Jason could take a bit of pressure off himself too by coming out and saying, listen, the reason I'm not putting him in the, in the team is, you know, this. And then me, and I'm, I'm just a supporter like everyone else. I love the game. I love the Tigers. Oh, I want to know, mate. I want to know why he's not being picked. And then I might be able to make up my own mind saying, oh, well, he's not fitting in with the structure. He doesn't want to fit in the way they play. If that's the reason, then I can then I can put it to bed, you know? So who do you like, Mitch Rain or Nathan Peets to, to sort of fill that void left there by Robbie Farrell? Do they go... To Mick Ennis, he's on the wrong side of thirty, and uh, probably only got a couple of years left in the in the NRL. No, I don't think I don't think they'll go. Um, I don't think they'll go that way. I think they'll go with a little bit of experience. I wouldn't be surprised. I hope they don't do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they put Mitch Pearce in there at hooker. Wow! So yeah, he's a wonderful defender in the front line. He's he's very skillful. Yeah, you know it's you know it's hard to throw blokes in there that have never been there before. Look, Nathan Pearce is tough. Uh, you know, I, I like what the other bloke does from St George, the way he gets out of dummy half and runs. But, but you need, you, you know, you need to, you need to be a certain style of person to, to play in that hook and roll in in, uh, in in there for New South Wales or Queensland. And mate, let's not forget, you know, you're coming up against probably the best hooker of all time. So, gee, I, I'd be interested to see what they do. Uh, maybe someone will come out of the ground uh, in the off season and in the start of the season next year. But uh, I'll be interested to see what they do. Wow, Mitchell Pierce, that'd be some selection if he was thrust in there at hooker. I suppose it'd take the decision-making off him in terms of being in that uh, playmaking role, but um, he'd still be busy around that dummy half area, wouldn't he? Yeah, and you need someone who can defend in there, mate. Mitchell, Mitchell's a wonderful front-on defender, and you know, you'd think about that in the middle of the ruck. He'd have a couple of big boppers around him, but look, I'm not real sure which way they're going to go. That's just me just tossing something up, just uh, just thinking ahead and, and trying to... Uh, trying to understand the type of player that we need uh, in there at dummy half. Oh, I love it when you toss it up, Locker. Um, I'm, a, I'm a mad tosser, you know. <laughs> there was also plenty of talk after the game about New South Wales being disrespectful to Queensland by walking away during that presentation. You know that they didn't do it intentionally, but it just wasn't a good look. No, it wasn't a good look, Ralphie. But, I, but what I can say in defence of Paul Gallon, he was the first one to speak, and he thanked Queensland and thanked Cameron Smith for a wonderful series and, you know, did all that sort of stuff. 
I mean, you know, it wasn't a good look walking around and, and, and looking at the crowd and waving to them while they were making their speech. But but I will say that, you know, they, they acknowledge Queensland and they acknowledge how great they are and they acknowledge that they had won the series and he congratulated the the, uh, the captain. No one talks about that. Uh, all they talk about is, you know, watching them go around and, and shaking their hands with the 60,000 that turned up, uh, you know, on game night. Yeah, you think a manager or somebody would have just all hoyed them back just for a minute or two and then go on and celebrate, but I guess that's by the by now. Yeah, no, it's all uh, it's all good in hindsight, isn't it, mate? Uh, obviously, you know, I would have liked to have seen them hang around too, but, you know, what I will say is, uh, you know, what I just said is, you know, he did acknowledge them and did congratulate them on their win and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I, you know, I don't know how many times, you know, I don't know what they want them to do, you know, just be there on bended knee or something, you know. It's, uh, you know, and it's added a little bit of flavour to next year anyway. But I love it when they're, you know, as I spoke to you during the year, mate, I handed the loving that we've seen from both states. You know, one of the articles in the paper that I that I had a little bit of input into before the origin was who are they going to hate now? Who's Queensland going to hate when Gal retires? So, mate, you know, hopefully they, you know, they try and uh, stick their hats on and hang on to something. So that'll probably be the next thing that they uh, that they do is the, the disrespect shown by New South Wales. I like the fact the man that you nominated, David Clemmer. I think that he is the perfect villain. Yes, I love the headline too. Did you see the headline? <laughs> what people, <laughs> people, I'm here. <laughs> Loved it. I thought that was outstanding, and mate, you know you know someone hate. I mean, what you know, what's origin if you don't if the vibe and the and the barbs thrown across the borders aren't there? I mean, that'd be boring. Yes, well, you think about how origin started with, you know, the great Arthur Beats and putting one on the chin of Mick Cronin, his teammate right. at the time, and that's how it all sort of started. And you know, Wally Lewis, and we've all had yeah. people that Benny Elias. We've had people that on both sides of the of the divide that we've hated over the years, but it's all been in the name of. Building up the 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 tradition of origin. Yeah, well, you're 100 percent right. And and even did you see the last try? Maloney ran past um, Parker and gave him a little bit of a shove, and Parker chased him. <laughs> that was sensational. <laughs> so he did this till he was running past. Meep, meep. <laughs> oh, just before we go, Blocker, I'd just like to get your thoughts on how you think the rest of the NRL season will pan out. Could the fairy tale come through for Cronulla in their fiftieth season? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be going off too early, mate. Look, they, they can't do any more than what they're doing. On four, what is it, 14 in a row or something? They're, yep. they're sensational. There's no doubt about that. Um, they've proved that they're in front. They've come from behind a couple of times. They're, you can't do any more than what you know than what they've done. Uh, I've watched pretty closely the, the Premiership. The best all-round team in the Premiership, in my opinion, is Melbourne. Uh, they go a little bit under the under the radar there down there in Melbourne. I've, I've watched them a number of times. I've seen them when they when they've looked really flat. I'll make an example of last week when they when they played against Newcastle. They were flat. They still found a way to win. Uh, that to me is, is a good side. Uh, I think Cronulla. I think Cronulla have got to lose lose a game before they actually uh, you know realise what it's like to lose and then you know come back come semi final or grand final. I don't think. You know, there's all talk of them not losing another game before the premiership finishes. Well, I, I totally disagree with that. I think they've got to, they've got to lose to get that little bit of feeling of what it feels like, and they don't want that feeling again. Uh, you know, I think, I think we've got some great sides in the premiership. Um, look, I think it's a little bit early to, to throw the line out there, but mate, they, they certainly can't do any more than what they're doing now. All right, Blocker, thanks for your time over the last nine weeks. Really appreciated your insights and humour. Mm. He's hoping for well, a. 
Well, the funny thing about that, Ralphie, is I wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> you're at your best be when serious. you're not trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. He's hoping for a better result next year for the Blues. Thanks again, champion. Let's hope. Let's hope so, champion. Uh, the check's in the mail, is it? Thank you. <laughs> It'll be there in some form or another. See you, buddy. There he is, Steve Blocker-Roach. For the final time on the Blue Blue podcast, well, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for downloading. I'm Ralph Tucker, and you've been listening to the Blue Blue podcast. Don't forget, Blues fans, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And for all the latest State of Origin news, head to nswrl.com.au. Up the Blues.